What is up, everybody? This is the Sharp Angles Podcast. I am your host, Raymond Summerlin. And just like every single Sunday at this time, I'm joined by Curtis Hirsch and Tucker Bagley to recap the the NFL Sunday that was. It was a it was an interesting NFL Sunday. I think we could we can certainly say that. Uh, for many fantasy teams, it might have been a devastating NFL Sunday, and we'll get to we'll get to the some of those injuries as well. As a reminder, though, we do this live every Sunday at 7:30 Eastern on the Sharp Football Analysis YouTube. So if you're listening to this on a podcast on Monday, first of all, we appreciate that. But also you can come and join the conversation on Sunday evenings. Just go to YouTube, search Warren Sharp, subscribe, and you'll get the notifications for when we go live. We go live on that channel on Wednesday nights to talk about Thursday night showdown. Rich and I go live on Thursday afternoons to talk about fantasy. We have a betting uh, show that goes live with Ryan McChrystal and Todd Burrows on Thursday evenings. So there's a, uh, there's a lot out there if you want to, if you want to get started, but Let's talk about let's talk about week five, Tucker. Um, how how you feeling? Uh, did it was an active week. I, I think that's fair to say. There there was a lot of yep. things happening. Not all of it good. Um, but there there's a lot to take away from this week. There's a, a few teams that I think really impressed. There's a few teams that I think we're going to talk about here that maybe you should be really worried. Sitting after after five weeks, it, it stinks now that we have a, a seventeen game schedule doesn't really break up well into to quarters or halves anymore. We don't even have like a halfway point in the NFL season yeah. unless we want to stop like midway through the ninth game to to evaluate everybody. But right now I think this, we should do that. I, I you think should so you should suggest that to Roger Goodell. Yeah. I, I think midway through the ninth game, they should just stop the season so we can all get through our, you know, halfway point grades and power rankings and report cards and things like that. But right here at this quasi quarter point. There's a few teams that I think came into the season with really high expectations, and a lot of them, I, I just think, are really spinning their wheels. We had a lot of big-name players get hurt today. Some of them came back. Some of them did not. And from a fantasy perspective, I think that's probably scary because I'm sure there are a lot of people who built their teams around guys like Justin Jefferson and Travis Kelsey who may not have gotten the return on their investment that they expected early on in the season. So yeah, I, I think it's a real big week um, just looking ahead. This could kind of be a turning point, I think, for for a lot of teams. Also, looking ahead, I have to, I have to let me be the first to wish you, Curtis, a happy Canadian Thanksgiving, which was something I did not know was happening until you mentioned it. So, <laughs> thank you for mentioning the Canadian Thanksgiving second second Monday in October. Is that the case? Is that that when we do Thanksgiving up up in the north? Honestly, I do it whenever my wife tells me it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm sure. Are there going to be some big CFL games tomorrow? Is that how? Is, is that yeah, how it works? I don't really watch the CFL, so I'm I'm not sure of that either. It's one of those. Uh, I'm more of an American Thanksgiving day guy. Yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough. I do. Uh, I can't wait for American Thanksgiving, as you can tell if you're watching on YouTube and looking at me. You can tell that Thanksgiving's a holiday that I enjoy immensely. Anyway, sorry, Chris, got off, got off track. Yeah. What are, what are some of your initial thoughts here coming out of week five? Yeah. Let's talk the good news. We're off to a solid start this week. Tucker's video is working. My internet's working. So we, <laughs> we got some positives on the board, at least for this week. And yeah, uh, just relaying what Tucker said, I think we're down to three teams on each in each conference that are actually able to win the Super Bowl. Some of these, like the Ravens, they've had two yep. games where they just no showed and some of these teams that want to take that next step just haven't taken that next step yet. So I think we're down to three teams on each side. 
maybe a fourth on each side if the if there is going to be like coming out of nowhere but let's just head to the playoffs already because we don't need to see the panthers play again or the patriots play again let's let let's skip a few weeks here yeah no i have i write the power rankings every kind of monday afternoon and tuesday morning uh kind of that's when i'm trying to you know make my decisions and i keep i keep having a hard time it was after I was done with the Ravens. Now, you know, we'll look at that situation. We'll see if maybe they were hit by the, you know, the curse of London, both the Titans and the Ravens lost this week. And so, you know, there you go. But I, yeah, I'm looking at the power rankings. I'm going, I don't like really any of these teams. Like it, it started at 10. Uh, it started at 10 after I think week two. And now, yeah, we're to six. I'm comfortable with six. And we'll see how the Cowboys do. Curtis, sorry to. We'll see how the Cowboys do on Sunday Night Football. We record this before Sunday Night Football. The Cowboys, you know, they lost the Cardinals. Looks like a blip, but you know, are they even in that conversation? And so, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a really it's been a really odd kind of run. Before we get deeper into Week Five, though, I do want to mention um, we have a ton of content coming out this week on SharpFootballAnalysis.com. Make sure you go to SharpFootballAnalysis.com. You'll get access to Rich Rebar's comprehensive preview of every game this week and his DFS preview which has been killing. You'll get access to Curtis Hurst's um, um, waiver wire. Why can't I remember waiver? I wrote a waiver wire column for for literally, literally half a decade. Couldn't remember waiver wire. Anyway, uh, waiver wire, a um, lot of good stuff in there. He's been ahead on a lot of guys. We might talk about a guy that we were ahead on. Uh, thanks to me, I'm going to take full credit for being ahead on this guy. Uh, when we talk about James Conner here in a second, you'll get access to Warren Sharp. You buy the all-access package. You'll get access to Warren Sharp's betting recommendations, which are doing very well. And you can get 15% all off all of that using code ANGLES. So make sure you go and check that out. But let's get right into the injuries. We kind of referenced them, a couple of them already with Connor and Jefferson. I guess we have to start with Justin Jefferson. It was right at the end of a game. The Vikings hung in there with the Chiefs. Um, I think that that might have a little bit more to do with the Chiefs. We might need to talk about the Chiefs a little bit here in a bit. But the Vikings hung in there. They were driving late. Justin Jefferson slipped on the turf immediately grabbed his hamstring didn't come back into the game this is uh this is one of those i think you you worry about right tucker yeah i think any any kind of non-contact injury like that especially on turf because we saw it earlier in the game not to get ahead of ourselves we saw it with travis kelsey going down with a, a non-contact injury on that turf and i thought that was a lot worse the fact that he came back into the game i, I think was huge for that team moving forward but yeah justin jefferson going down like that slipping maybe I don't think you can call it a cramp like that. That definitely is, is a strain. And for a wide receiver, that's, that's really tough to come back from. Um, I, I think if you're looking at a hamstring injury, that's usually a couple week absence and kind of look at what he did today. They, they held him in check for the most part. He only had three catches for 28 yards on, on six targets. That offense was really run through Jordan Addison and, and TJ Hawkinson through the air. So it wasn't a great day for him to begin with, but now kind of looking ahead at, at who the Vikings have, on the schedule moving forward, I, I just I'm not sure if they're going to have him next week or the week after that. I'm not sure when their bye week um, comes into play here, but I, I do worry about their ability to kind of stay viable because they're now four or one and four. You don't have a bye week until week 13 now and going ahead. Yeah. Like you have Chicago next week, which even without Justin Jefferson should be a, a very winnable game. But then you have San Francisco and you go to Lambeau Field, which the Green Bay Packers are anything special, but that's a team they they've historically uh, struggled with. So I'm worried about his future for, for the next couple of weeks. And for Minnesota at the worst possible time, losing your, your best offensive weapon is, is crushing. 
Yeah, I mean, it, they did hang tight with the Chiefs. And you're right, the Chiefs did a good job holding them down. The Chiefs had had, you know, they had been playing very good defense. Last week was a bit of a, you know, an odd game, I suppose we could we could say. But they had had, they had been playing very good defense. And so the fact that they were able to hold Justin Jefferson down, I, I suppose, isn't that big of a, you know, that big of a surprise. But it was, you know, it was yet another game here where the Vikings lose. And we saw them last week, last year, have all of that success in one score games. They lose yet another one score game here. And things are starting to roll downhill and unravel. And I know, Curtis, you've brought up the idea of if Kirk Cousins isn't the long-term future here, is this a situation where we could see them maybe try to trade Cousins to a team, I don't know, maybe perhaps the Jets that feel like they could be they could be in it. I don't think that works for the money for the Jets, but I, it's just an interesting situation where they are. They have a ton of talent, especially on offense. They've got Jordan Addison. They've got TJ Hawkinson. They obviously have Justin Jefferson when he's healthy. I think that offensive line is going to get healthier to be fine, but they're they're just in a weird situation sitting here at one and four with like I mean I don't I don't think they have really good playoff chances now and what do you do right Curtis? I think they made up the dis- their mind early on I I don't think they were going for it all that much this year and without Cousins having a contract I think they were always scoping out a long term quarterback in the future so now now with this injury I think you have to take the long term game and just kind of. Let him get better. If you add a couple losses to the column, so be it. Your goal is about the future now. You've got Jefferson going to have to sign a monster contract. You're going to need to get a rookie quarterback on his rookie contract moving forward. So, yeah, whether it's the Jets, whether it's the Falcons, I don't know. Cousins, I don't see Cousins playing that full season out there. He knows he's not playing in Minnesota next year. I think it's the elephant in in the room is he's not coming back. So at what point do you just cut bait? I do think they're playing better this year than they did last year. They just aren't winning. And that's, that's the thing. I think this year's version of the Vikings beats last year's version. And it's just a completely different uh, situation on the end, end scores. No, and that's we talked about that before the season. Like That is a real possibility that this team, we actually saw it with the Falcons last year. That Falcons teams last year was much better than the one the year before it, but they ended mm-hmm. up looking very similar record-wise. This is going to be worse. This Their record is going to be demonstrably worse. Have they already lost more games than they lost last season? I forgot how many. I think it's the same. Lost. I think they yeah. went 13 and, and four a year ago. But I think I, I looked it up a couple weeks ago. They had the worst point differential for any team to win 12 games, yeah. let alone mm-hmm. 13. I yeah, think the point wild. differential was negative. And no negative. one else was, I believe it was below like 60. They lost to the New York Giants in the playoffs. That's all you need to per, know. Their Pythagorean like expected win loss that Pro Football Reference does. I think it was like eight wins or something like that. It was it under five hundred. No, so so this is what we this is what we expected to happen. But I think you're right, Curtis. That this team probably is a little bit better, and they do have talent on offense. And I guess we should probably talk about that from a fantasy perspective. If you know, we'll see what happens with with Justin Jefferson. If Justin Jefferson misses time. You know, Jordan Addison is probably already rostered in, in most leagues, at least most competitive leagues. TJ Hawkinson definitely is. Are we going to dig deep into KJ Osborne? Are we going to try to go even a little lower there? What are we thinking about just early on here? First thoughts. Yeah, I, I would trust KJ Osborne. He's a good receiver. I'm not going any deeper than that because I just don't know how many points this offense is going to score without Jefferson. But this is what you drafted Addison for. Wheels up for him and he gets to 
kind of steal the show here for the next little bit. He looked pretty good this afternoon anyway. So if you've got Addison, this is what you drafted. This was the upside case as if something happened to Jefferson. Then about Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey came back in the game and scored a touchdown. And so while there was some concern during the game, Mm -hmm. I don't think we're that worried about the ankle or are you a little bit more concerned moving towards Hunter? No, I'm not. I'm not terribly concerned. He came back. He actually performed pretty well when he came back. I was shocked when you know I kind of looked away from that game and came back. I think he had something like 70 yards and and a touchdown um, after only having you know two or three catches, but before going down. So I'm not. I'm not necessarily worried moving forward. Like I said, when it first happened, it looked disastrous. We kind of just crumpled to the ground. The way he looked back, it it looked a lot like an Achilles injury. The way he was limping around, I was really really happy to just see him be able to come back on the sideline. They stood on the sideline for a while. And like, I don't think he got back in on their next couple drives, even when he was back out on the field. So the fact that he was able to get back out there, I, I don't think he'll probably be active in practice on Wednesday or maybe even Thursday. It, it seems like something where they're going to be very, very cautious with his load management on um, the next couple of weeks on, on the practice field. But I think as long as he's pain management's okay, I, I just think he'll be out there. I, I wouldn't necessarily worry about his long-term, viability fantasy wise i I think he's still going to be out there and still be the main component of that passing offense were we worried about the chiefs a little bit i mean they they lost the lions week one they hang on against the jaguars so the jaguars came back you know beat the bills today so the jaguars we think are a pretty good team destroy the bears you know in in the swift assaults the first the first the first love story between kelsey and, and swift and then they hang on against the jets they hang on against the vikings I are we worried about this team? Are they sleepwalking yes. a little bit? I mean, the defense has played so well that, and Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes that I'm I'm not that worried about it. But like, there is a little bit of why aren't they doing better, Curtis? Yeah, I'm worried about them. We Patrick Mahomes did also have an ankle injury last week, and he, yeah. he's fine out there. But I have read that he's at a higher risk of re-injury, and I'm sure the same will go for Kelsey here. They can play through it but they're still at risk for re-injury here. And we saw uh, Mahomes go down again today and what looked like a similar type thing, but he bounced up and just kept doing Mahomesian things. But yeah, the, the receiver core is awful, right? Rashi Rice is the guy we're getting excited for. He's no nowhere on anyone. He scored a touchdown board. today. He scored a touchdown <laughs> today. He was excited. my uncut gym and he scored a touchdown and that's all we care about. Yeah, my goodness, like that he's the best of what they got, but they really I think they need to add something else because this is two times now that Kelsey has been scaring them of a really bad injury and that if they're going to compete and I think they can compete because this defense is probably the best it's ever looked in the in the Mahomes era. They, they need to add someone, whether it's Mike Evans, whether it's Jameson Williams, who's soured on in Detroit. Go go add a receiver, please. Jameson, I didn't watch that Detroit game very closely because I I knew the what the result was going to be before it, before it started. Yeah. But I believe that Jameson Williams uh, dropped another pass. Is that is that accurate? Is that what, I, is that I what didn't occurred? catch that game, no. I didn't. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad that none of us uh, took the time to watch Lions and Panthers. I will watch it tomorrow in the game, the sped up, cut up game recap. And uh, he did have two catches. He had two catches for zero yards. <laughs> that deep threat, Jamison Williams. Well, you know, when you got Josh, when you got Josh Reynolds, when you got number one target, Josh Reynolds, then that's uh, you know, that's what you have. 
Um, another injury looking at uh, this one was from earlier in the day, and that was Anthony Richardson fell. He was on, he was on a run. He fell on his shoulder, um, his throwing shoulder. He really looked to be in pain as he was leaving the field. X-rays were negative. It's being reported that it's an AC sprain. The fact that it was to his throwing shoulder, however, this is a this is a big concern, and I'm I'm guessing we're not going to see Anthony Richardson for for at least a couple games. What what are your thoughts on that, Tucker? I think it's going to be about a month. Like if you you go back to last year, it's a pretty similar injury to what Jalen Hurts suffered against the Chicago Bears in, in Week 14, and he set out two weeks. He came back against the Giants in the last game of the season um, to to you know wrap up and and seal the number one seed in the NFC and played pretty terribly. I think some of the NFL film stuff unveiled that first he thought he broke his collarbone when he first got hurt. He couldn't lift his shoulder the rest of the game against the bears, even though he stayed in and he wasn't necessarily healthy when he came back a couple of weeks later against the giants. He was strictly out there because Gardner Minshew couldn't get the job done. And you'll get Anthony Richardson. And even though they're in a pretty terrible division and I kind of like the Colts uh, as a, a, the choice to, to win that division, no matter what you think about Jacksonville, who I think is probably number two right now in a lot of people's uh, eyes. This kid is the, the future of the franchise. I, I think he's played really well. I think Shane Steichen was with Jalen Hurts last year, understands the nature of this injury. I think he probably hits the IR sometimes this week, and he's going to miss at least the next four games. I just think given what they've bet on this kid and how well he's performed so far, there's no use in throwing him back out there with a bump shoulder in the next couple of weeks in a season that you didn't necessarily come in with the highest of hopes. Yeah, and they don't have, um, excuse me, they don't have their bye week until week 11. And so you don't even have really the benefit of that um, coming up. Gardner Minshew has what I will terrible. say. Yeah, like that's what I'll say is the Gardner Minshew started against the Ravens. They beat the Ravens. He came in and it's a different game. Like we saw the, we saw the kind of wonderful nature of Anthony Richardson last week and that it wasn't a great game for him throwing and he was missing throws, but he has that playmaking ability when he gets out of the pocket and with his legs and he can run and he can really make that offense work. And Gardner Minshew makes that offense work in a different way. And he, he made it work today. Uh, Josh Downs is going to get a lot more targets for those fantasy people out there, maybe on the wire. Josh Downs is going to get a lot more targets with Gardner Minshew in the game than he would with, with Anthony Richardson. And so it's just, it's just different, but I, I mean, it still kind of works, right? Curtis. Uh, through Zach Moss, Gar Gardner Minshew makes it work through Zach Moss. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to take the contrarian view here. And Anthony Richardson's built differently than Jalen Hurts. This dude's a beast. Like, like, we've seen the workout videos. We've seen how big he is. And does he really need to throw? So if he can play, he's going to play. <laughs> and Shane Steichen, like you said, Shane Steichen's seen Gardner Minshew. He couldn't close it out, close out the deal last year. They they are real contenders. If I was the Jaguars, I think they're worried long term because I think they thought they had this division for years to come with Trevor Lawrence. But man, Anthony Richardson's fun to watch, and I think if he misses a week, maybe he misses a week. But he's stronger than Derek Carr, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put him out there sooner than later. They actually get the Jaguars this week. So that's in week six. So that's going to be that's going to be an interesting one for sure. You brought up you brought up Zach Moss, and yeah, he had a massive day, twenty three for one sixty five, two scores. He had two catches for thirty yards. I mean, this is why you pay a running back forty two million dollars, yeah. so he can go out and have big. Oh, so if they pick their backup forty two million, how much do they pay their starter? That's a scary contract yeah. coming up for him. <laughs> 
Yeah, what's Zach Moss getting if the if the backup in Indianapolis? Yeah, Jonathan Taylor coming back. He didn't get a ton of touches. Obviously, they were limiting him, and so we'll see how that backfield works. But I mean, I've said this before. I keep saying it. Go back and look at what Zach Moss did at the end of last season on that team, on that Colts team. Go look what Zach Moss did at the end of last season, and he was quietly very efficient. He's only done the exact same thing since he's been here. This it's, is why did you pay Jonathan Taylor that money? I get it. People love to say it's a business and, you know, it's all business decisions. And I'm sure that plays a role. It's also a person. It's also a, um, it's also a relationship business. And I feel like they needed to maintain their relationship with Jonathan Taylor. And that's why the money's there. And that is what it is. But yeah, I, Zach Moss is pretty good and you don't have to pay him that much. And I'm, I'm still confused by I'm, kind of how we ar arrived where we arrived. I'm still mad at Brian Dayball for benching Zach Moss over Devin Singletary about three years ago. I, I had my bags full of Zach Moss stock and he magically, he did something in the preseason or off season and no one would ever say what it was, but he fell in the bad books there. He is 10 times the running back Devin Singletary was. So I, I'm mad at Zach Moss from about three years ago, but he, he look, looks great. Now both of them have found their way into backup jobs in the, <laughs> in the uh, AFC South. So there we are. It's all, it all full circle, wheel of time. All right, talk a little bit about um, James Conner, who left this game, left the game against the Bengals, the Cardinals ended up losing, left it with a knee injury. It was sad because on the play that he got hurt, he was, again, rumbling down the field. Conner has been a machine, a big play machine all season, left the game with a knee injury. We don't really know. I haven't seen any real news. Tucker, have you seen any real news about kind of the severity of this? I haven't. And he like jogged off the field on his own. He, yeah. he wasn't helped off the field. He wasn't carried off the field. He wasn't carted off the field. He, he walked off on his own power and jogged to the locker room. And then it came back that he had a knee injury and he, he never came back and, and missed the entire second half of the game. So I'm not sure what the severity of it is or, or what it, you know, is considered to be. I think we'll have to wait till, uh, you know, uh, Jonathan Gannon's press conference tomorrow to, to kind of figure it out. But yeah, it's it's a weird situation down there because I think it's just a, a gray area right now. And he can miss one week. He can miss four weeks. He can miss no weeks. I just think it's a complete uh, murky situation uh, as far as his future for the next couple of games. I know we've you know, we talked about uh, Amari DiMercato, I believe on this episode last week. I know that he was in your waiver column. You name checked me in the waiver column for Mercado. <laughs> and I had been, I'd been adding him in a lot of places because um, he had been the number two. We'll see Keontae Ingram has been dealing with an injury. We'll see if Mercado remains the number two. Yeah. There's a lot of questions here, but he was free the last couple of weeks and I've been adding him in deep leagues. I don't think he's going to be free on the waiver wire this week. Right. Yeah. He, he is not going to be free. And yeah, I sent you a text uh, Wednesday night after my waiver run and I, I have a, a lot of, he, Imari in my league so and then we joked about a James Conner injury and I said it's inevitably gonna happen so I do feel a little bit bad here but uh it always happens with James Conner but he he was having such a good season and I think whoever the starting running back is there is gonna have success there that setup they have is really good they're running some explosive runs and DeMarcado is actually running some routes pretty deep today he was targeted in the end zone from like the 25 yard line I'm like was that him dropping that and I, I think if he's available, I, he looks like he's past uh, Keontae on the depth chart anyway, if he is health, if Keontae is healthy. And yeah, he's not going to be free this week. So 
One of those yeah, guys that's, that's got is cheaper. Nice work. Exactly. That's why you read the waiver column because yeah. there there are guys like that because the leagues that Curtis plays in, the high stakes leagues are that's the way they are. You got to get these people early, and so he's on those those types of guys. They don't always work out, but it looks like it looks like this one might have. We have to talk about the other side of that game though. Uh, with with Joe Burrow, who I actually wrote about it in my kind of five things column I do every week. I we had the under on Joe Burrow's longest completion that didn't work out, um, and Joe Burrow kind of entered the game. I believe he was two for twenty two on passes that went longer than twenty yards. He had been just awful down the field. He had only been better than Kenny Pickett on his off target rate on deep attempts and. Arizona, you know, they they hadn't been great defending them. They hadn't been giving up a ton of deep plays because of kind of the way they play their defense. And here we are. Joe Burrow comes in. He hits Jamar Chase for a long touchdown. Uh, Jamar Chase ends up with uh, three touchdowns, 15 catches, 192 yards. They just they decimated him. And I mean, Joe Burrow, is he getting healthier? Is that is this what we're going to see moving forward? I don't know. But this was a this was definitely a great first step from what we had seen from Joe Burrow prior to this game. Yeah, he looked like a different quarterback, didn't he? He looked like he didn't look like the guy we saw last week. And it's kind of funny because you kind of look at his first three weeks and, and squint and you could see maybe he was getting a little bit better. He threw two touchdowns in that week two loss to Baltimore. He, he scratched out a tough win against the Rams. So he wasn't really sharp. And then last week against Tennessee, they put up three points and, and they kind of took a, a big step backward on the road. And I kind of felt like, well, maybe this is something that's still lingering, even though he entered last week saying, that it feels fine and he's building on it. And as long as he doesn't aggravate it, it's going to keep getting better and better. And then this week, he just looked like Joe Burrow for the first time since last season. He looked like the guy that a lot of people consider a, a top two, a top three, top five quarterback, wherever you rank him. He's usually in those conversations. And he went out against an Arizona defense that isn't great, isn't super talented, but has certainly held their own against some, some decent offenses this year. And torch them the way we expect Joe Burrow to. So I, I think moving forward, I don't know if next year we worry about him in the beginning of the season, because this is now like the third or fourth year in a row where he's struggled over over. In, in September, over. but I don't know. I, I think moving forward, what we think of the Bengals, I, I think is, is far different than what we thought about them last week after their, their, you know, putrid performance against Tennessee. Cause now they get to host Seattle before their bye week and you win that all of a sudden you're, Back to 500, you're three and three heading to a week seven bye. It's a pretty decent position to be in, considering the the what the rest of your division has been up to. Yeah, and I mean that does help. The Ravens losing this week, you know, the Steelers obviously having the issues they do, the Browns having the injury issues that they do. What I will say is that Seahawks game isn't obviously going to be easy. Seahawks coming off a bye. Uh, the Seahawks are a very good team. And then they come out of the bye going to San Francisco and then facing the Bills at home. And I do wonder if sitting here at two and four, they've dug themselves too deep a hole. Um, are you going to go into those and win all three of those games to get yourself into a position where you're, you know, you're five and three? Are you going to be four and four coming out of that? It's just, I do wonder if, if the hole is too deep, but we wondered that last year and they came back and made the playoffs easily. So they they do have a path here, but I was... I, I wonder if we've we've dug the hole just maybe a little bit too deep, but you know we'll kind of. They have to win next week. We that's 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 a must-win game. You can't lose that game. Yeah, I mean, like it's it is must-win. Like they just have to win next week. I think uh, the good news is, I mean, they still have their schedule, you know, in front of them. They still have Cleveland and Baltimore again. They have Pittsburgh twice, so they you know they've got a chance to to kind of make it up. 
Another injury we had uh, this week was Daniel Jones, who left the game against the Dolphins with a neck injury. Uh, that's interesting because I believe Tucker, am I right about this? That 2000, 2021, he also had a neck injury. And yeah. He had a, a disc season. issue in his neck and they asked him about it after the game. And he said, it maybe feels similar. Not really, not, not sure yet. He has to get an MRI um, tomorrow, but it was bound to happen. I mean, the dude's gotten sacked 17 times in the last two weeks. I don't know why they kept him out there um, last week on Monday night. Like, I don't know, after the eighth sack, I maybe would have just thrown Tyrod Taylor in there. So I wasn't having my $160 million quarterback. Well, they did that ragdoll. two weeks in a row. They did it two weeks in a row. That was like the strange part about it. Yeah. It wasn't like they didn't. It wasn't like, okay, well, this is, we're just going to try to work through this this week. That was the second week in a row they had done it. And say what you will about the Patriots. We'll talk about Mac Jones later. At least they're getting Mac Jones out of there. And the Giants were like, no, play Daniel Jones. Let the America watch you play in this terrible situation. So it was, yeah, like, I don't think Daniel Jones is. A franchise quarterback I, I but you feel bad for the guy right <laughs> like what is he supposed to do when evan neal is blocking his own players instead of the the guys on the other team i mean what that offensive line and the way that offense has been constructed um by the front office is an absolute joke right now and yeah when you get sacked 17 times over you know what it was six quarters seven quarters it's kind of bound to happen and now you go into the future and you know, Saquon Barkley might be back next week. He was limited in practice a week, but I mean, that offense, I just don't know where they turn to because bringing in Tyrod Taylor isn't all of a sudden going to fix anything for them. What if it does? What if it does? I I think this offense is going to look good with Tyrod. He was moving really well. I, I Daniel Jones just has seemed so, his pocket presence seems so poor. Like, I think this is an a short-term upgrade for this offense until the offensive line gets, until they get Andrew Thomas back at least. Daniel Jones can't play under pressure. I think Tyrod is built better for this offensive line the way it is right now. And I don't, he got the ball to Waller a few times. I thought Tyrod looked good. Like, throw him in there a few games. What 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 worse can happen? This They, they scored their first touchdown in the first half of a game all year, and it was the defense that scored it. <laughs> Goodness. And like that's I think the you have a nice little excuse here to give Daniel Jones a break because these this is the kind of thing that can snowball. I mean, we're seeing again the same thing with Mac Jones in New England. These are the kinds of things that can snowball. And so now you've got an opportunity to give him a little bit of a of a break. They also had another injury with Wandale Robinson. Um, I believe he left for the concussion. I don't believe he came back. So, you know, he had been, you know, coming back from the knee injury, he had at least been a, a bit of a bright spot getting him more involved. Now he looks like he's going to be out. And so I, I, I assume we're not really targeting this team on the waiver wire for this. I'm sure Paris Campbell steps into that spot again. It was kind of, he had the job until Wandale came back. So he, if he's, he's available, you could take a peek at him. And like I said, I, I don't think this is the worst thing that could happen in the short term until Andrew Thomas is back at least, and they can somewhat block, but think Tyrod's a little he's a veteran quarterback he's seen it all and I'm sure he can kind of maintain what the status quo for now whatever the goal is in New York right now we're actually talking about this I want to talk a little bit about Khalil Herbert because we got some news on the his ankle injury he suffered on Thursday night and I forgot to mention to you I was talking about I have a dynasty team that's been pretty good and uh it has Nick Chubb on IR and uh, it has Justin Jefferson. It has Khalil Herbert. It just got back Cooper Cup and Aaron Jones. So I was like, oh, yeah, we're, we're back. We're cooking with gas. But no, Justin Jefferson, 
hamstring injury, Khalil Herbert, ankle injury. Uh, I believe the report was Tucker. He's going to miss multiple weeks. Is that correct? Yeah. And if that, we know how positive NFL teams like to be when it comes to injury news. So the, the fact that it's been what three days, they're already coming back with multiple weeks. That's, that, that's a, a pretty ominous sign moving forward for Chicago. It looked really on the- bad, though, too. When when he fell and the fact that he tried to get back up and play a snap and then he got the ball and just dropped, like, it looked bad when it first happened. Like- that was my thing with, like, with the Javante Williams injury last week. As I said, oh, he just fell. And when I see that, I'm like, oh, this is, you know, they talked about, are we going to get him involved? Are we going to play? I was like, ah, we're, I don't I don't know if Javante Williams plays next week, right, based on that. And I think that that's kind of the same situation we saw with, with Herbert. As you said it, he tried to go back in because they they didn't have any running backs. Roshan Johnson was already had been ruled out with a concussion. They were playing, what, last in game, the fullback at running back. They didn't have any running backs starting running the game, and so he wanted to gut it out and go out there. And he tried to run and tried to cut, and it just it wasn't there. And so, yeah, that's that's a concern. On the wire, I mean, they Roshan has extra time. So I assume we're getting Roshan Johnson back. So he might be someone that's out there. Uh, you have any interest in Dante Foreman, uh, Travis Homer, any interest in any of those guys on the wire? How about as a Darrington Evans truther? Maybe, maybe he's like one Deontay Foreman injury away from getting him into the NFL. I've always, he's always burned me with a hole on my roster. So yeah, I, I think this is wheels up for Roshan. He's, it's a Thursday night game. It's going to be like Luke Musgrave. You're going to see him probably clear the protocol but I, I did hear he was pretty ill after the game too so maybe he his concussion's a little bit worse but we'll see if he clears the concussion protocol he's the guy with three down ability he's got the pass catching chops uh, I'm sure Don Deonta Foreman will work in but I think this is the path for Roshan to take over this backfield yeah I mean Roshan very quickly jumped Dante Foreman on the depth chart. And so I, I would assume that if he's healthy and because he does, like you said, he has that passing game ability mm-hmm. that we could, we could see, you know, a pretty good role here for him for an offense that I don't know, suddenly are they fine? Is Justin Fields well, fine defense now? Gives up got- so many points that the offense is always having to ch- chuck from behind. So it's, it's yeah. I want pieces of that offense at some point. Just quickly, a few more wide receiver injuries uh, that I noticed. Say Jones has a knee injury again. Juju Smith-Schuster and Demario Douglas both left with concussions, further, you know, further hurting that that passing game. Just some things to pay attention to, especially if you're in deeper leagues. I do want to talk about some defensive injuries. The first one here to mention is Sauce Gardner, who kind of had his knee rolled into. And I, I finally saw the video of it. I didn't see it live, and I finally saw the video of it. And Tucker, it it didn't look great. Like I was I'm I'm not feeling great about that, and I haven't seen any news on the internet. Yeah, I, I haven't seen anything, although I, I just searched it to, to see if there was any updates since we started recording. And 20 minutes ago, he was tweeting, Jets country, let's ride. He was on a video um, posted by the, the Jets and the NFL coming off the field. So he, he's not back getting tested or anything. He's, he's on the field. He, he's in the locker room. So we'll kind of see what it is moving forward. Might just be a, a sprain. Might not be a, a long-term issue. But, yeah, you watch the, the – uh, the, the video and it was a lot of impact to the knee and it, it bent away that I don't think that the human body is meant to go. So mm-hmm. if he avoids, you know, missing a lot of time, that's huge for a jets team. That's, um, you know, really built around their defense right now and built around him. You know, I, I think he's by far the the best player. He, he's the playmaker. 
on the back end of that defense. And without him, I, I just don't know where they would turn um, moving forward. We can kind of look ahead at their schedule. Um, you know, you got, you got Philadelphia coming in next week with AJ Brown and Devontae Smith and Devontae Smith, I think only had one or two catches, but I don't know that that's a team that if I'm down my best cornerback, I don't necessarily like my chances. And they also were without DJ Reed this week, but you would assume Correct. that he would be back next week. I think it was a concussion that he was dealing with. Yes. And so so you would expect him to be back next week. I do think that all of this stuff, uh, you, you mentioned that you know Sauce was talking about uh, Jets, Jets country, let's ride. And uh, there's obviously a big, a big rivalry between these two teams based on what Sean Payton said. But Nathaniel Hackett was just like celebrating on the sidelines mm-hmm. like he had just won the Super Bowl. And his offense was inept against like historically the worst defense that we've seen through four weeks. They could not score in the red zone. He refuses to throw into the end zone when they were in the red zone. They settled for so many field goals. We were watching this game because we had sharp football had the over as one of our, you know, premium recommendations in this game. And we were watching it. We're just watching field goal after field goal after field goal. Uh, Zach Wilson finished with 199 passing yards. Brees Hall broke off a long run and Brees Hall is amazing. And they got him 22 carries to only six for Dalvin Cook. We do appreciate that in the fantasy community. Please keep doing that. But yeah, like this offense, this offense wasn't great against literally the worst defense in the league. And then Daniel Hackett's over there celebrating as if they just won the Super Bowl. And it was just, it was really funny to me, but you won. You beat Sean Payton. Congratulations. I'm very excited. I'm very excited for the Jets. Yeah. If anyone doesn't think Warren doesn't care about his picks, uh, you should see our group chats today. This this one was pretty tilting to him, but the, it got there with ease at the end of it. But it's one of those things. <laughs> pretty funny game. Thank you, Russell Wilson, for the uh, for the fumble for the fumble six. We really yeah we really appreciate that. One more injury, defensive injury here to talk about, and that's Matt Milano. Uh, happened over in London out for the season with a broken leg. It also seems, I believe, Tucker, there was a knee injury involved there. And so this is two weeks in a row now. The Bills have lost a very important player on that defense. Yeah, I I, I mean, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, I, I think on the back end of their defense are, are still there, so that's good. But yeah, I mean, you lost your top cornerback in Tredavious White. And now you kind of lose the signal caller in, in the middle of that defense with Matt Milano. I think Von Miller did come back today and, and played a, did, a handful yeah. of snaps. But... But it was weird. I think in the second half of that game, I'm trying to remember if I saw him in the second half of that game. I I wonder if that was the plan or yeah. I, I'm interested. I think he was on a, a pretty strict game. pitch count, so I, I think it's game one because I, I think at the beginning of the season they said they weren't even sure if he'd be back for this game. So the fact that they flew him out to London, which is another crazy thing, like what a ridiculous home field advantage for Jacksonville. They get to spend the whole week there against a team that that flew over there and has to deal with that jet lag after, you know, 48 hours or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, he was in a, a cast, I think, from, like, ankle up to his hip um, after they kind of carted him off. So he's obviously done for the year, and that's a Bills defense where last week we talked about how the Bills offense kind of putting things together. They sleptwalked this week, which I think is understandable given the situation they were put in by the NFL, which I think is a little ridiculous. But, yeah, if their defense is now losing, you know, guys left and right to season-ending inj- injuries – They've been pretty aggressive trade-wise. I wonder if there's a situation where they go out and they try to find a guy who can play linebacker or play cornerback and then the next couple of weeks to shore things up because they still have Super Bowl aspirations. Their offense is still clicking at a high level in the last few weeks. Um, 
you know, I, I don't think they can sit there and just kind of punt and say, well, maybe next season when our defense is better. I, I think now's the time to move because this is a, a front office and a coaching staff who has had a lot of success in the regular season and not much success in the postseason. I don't know necessarily what the leash is on someone like Sean McDermott, who has yet to really get over the hump in, in the postseason. I don't know if he's, you know, if he has the the time and the patience to sit around and, and wait for all these guys to get back from injury next year. Yeah, I mean, it's they are in their window. They have to win. And now their defense is suddenly, defense that had been playing well, is suddenly much worse than it was two weeks ago. You lose to Jacksonville. Like you said, it's understandable. Like, coming off of a massive emotional win against a division rival and then having to go to London to play a team that's been there for two weeks. It's just, it's not, it wasn't fair. It's not a good situation for them to be in. But as we know at Sharp Football Analysis, if you go and read our schedule analysis on in May every year, the NFL does not care about fairness and rested disadvantages and things like that at all. They don't care about it at all. They care about the TV schedule, which to be fair, that's where they make all their money. So to be fair. Why was today a However, Bills home game? I don't, I don't understand that. So not only did they get shafted with having to travel, and then they had to burn one of their own home games to go to London to play Jacksonville, who's been there already. Like, make this make sense. Like, fine, make them go over there. But why did they burn a home game for that? I, I don't get it. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a very good situation. Uh, so I am, uh, yeah. It is what it is. And I believe the Bills, the Bills aren't even on bye next week. The Bills, the Bills come home to I even forget who they play next week. I've I haven't memorized the schedule completely, but they, they do come back next week. So they have the Giants nice, at home uh, next week. Oh, okay. We'll be, oh yeah, on Sunday night. That's right. We get the Giants in prime time again. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive, everybody. A couple more things just to hit on here. We kind of mentioned at the top, Curtis. Mac Jones um, benched again. He, they say again that it was just a game situation. This is now two weeks in a row. A stat that I kind of found that I thought was interesting is Mac Jones has been directly involved in three touchdowns over the last two games, and the Patriots have scored three points over that span. So you could do the math on, on <laughs> whose touchdowns those were. I mean, maybe let's spin this to the wire. If you're in, like, deeper two quarterback leagues, like, Bailey's happy. Like, you have to – he has to be rostered in those leagues at this point. I don't know, because man. Like – they they just I don't know what their schedule is coming up, but their division and I don't think they're going to win it's a tough. game moving forward. And now they lost their kind of only good slot receiver and the rookie. And uh, who knows? Like, what do they do? Ramondre just doesn't have the juice that he had last year. And there, there's no one to throw the ball to. You got Devonte Parker, who you just got to throw it and hope he catches it because he's not hiding from the cornerback. And then. Kendrick Bourne, who never finds the field for some reason. And yeah, what what is what do they do with this offense moving forward? Because there really is no pieces there. Is there? I don't maybe I don't know. Like it doesn't that and that's the problem. The problem like I don't even want to be too hard on Mac Jones. It hasn't been good, but they have not surrounded him with the talent to succeed. And this is a long process. And you mentioned it. Early in the season, the defense was good. Now they're without Christian Gonzalez. Now they're without Matthew Judon. And it seems like they're going to be without those two. Maybe their two best players on defense. It seems like they're going to be out without them for a while. Uh, this isn't good. And, like, you can't keep playing the equivalent of late career Matt Schaub. If that's what Matt Jones is going to be, mm -hmm. you can't keep playing him. And especially let this snowball. So I just, 
this whole situation in New England is it's not good, Tucker. No, and it felt like, you know, when Tom Brady and Bill Belichick broke up, Tom Brady wanted to win without Bill Belichick. And it's like Bill Belichick's trying to win without a quarterback. Not without Tom Brady, but without a quarterback because they haven't had a decent one since he left. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I don't know. Like you said, I I just don't know where they turn offensively. They don't have skill position guys. So you can say, man, just get the ball in that guy's hands a couple more times a game and maybe he breaks one. They don't have an offensive line that's necessarily dominant where you can say, well, just line it up and it's not going to be pretty and the analytics community is going to hate it. But maybe we run 35 times and try to grind out a, a slow game and let our defense win because you also lost your two best defensive players too. I just, I don't know, for a team that experienced otherworldly success for two decades, is it, I mean, their season's over, right? Five weeks into the season, it's it's done, it's done. right? Like, I there's zero way, unless something absolutely unforeseen, like, I just, I don't see any way they can come back from this at all. It's over, done. Yeah, and I mean, like, the fourth place in this division and that's fair like that's where they should be talent wise they should be they right. should be the fourth best team in this division and that's what the roster has gotten to and i mean i guess you got to start asking you know tough questions are they though you know are they going to be in position now for for drake may or caleb williams can they get There's... to that sweepstakes and are, is that going to get them in, back to a situation where they have a quarterback and you know bill belichick can work his magic on defense which he's still you know best defensive coaches in the league if not the best defensive coach and we kind of see this turn around but yeah for this year it's it's not it's not great we have to talk about we're running out of time a little bit here we got to talk about a few other situations uh the ravens the ravens offense completely stalled against the steelers they scored 10 points they lost 17 to 10 against uh the fighting kitty pickets who by the way threw a really good ball to george pickens for for that yeah. touchdown that ultimately ended up winning so good job kitty pickett but yeah, they they scored ten points. It felt a lot like the Colts game, that they were kind of leading and they were just kind of sleepwalking through it, and then all of a sudden they lost the game. It felt a little bit like that. They are in London next week. I, I just don't know what to think about this offense. I think you wrote in the the sheet, Curtis, that it's it's just a Jekyll and Hyde offense. At this yeah, point. It, I thought it was going to be that way, but you, they still haven't unleashed it. They're throwing the ball so short. We we're not seeing the Todd Munkin. Uh, Jameis offense where he's allowed to just rip the ball down the field. I don't know. They got some pieces to the offensive line back this week and it's still just leaving us wanting more. Lamar has looked a little bit better on the ground lately. He's dodging some stuff and take calling his own number, but the passing game, I, I know Bateman's still pretty banged up from that foot surgery. I know that was never going to be back to hundred percent till mid October, closer to November. And then Beckham can't stay healthy. Flowers, they're getting him the ball, but they're getting him the ball so close to the line of scrimmage that it's hard for him to make plays out of that every time. So I, I don't know. It it was an offense I had hope for, and now it's it's slowly dwindling away. Maybe the Titans secondary will give us a little bit of Lamar boost that we're hoping for next week. Yeah, the Titans secondary, by the way. That we didn't mention that with Zach Moss. He did that against the Titans. Yeah. Uh, the Titans are a really good run defense. You throw against the Titans because their run defense is amazing. He did that against them. That is that is certainly something, something to write home about. One more I think we need to talk about because we've talked about this guy with his bad starts early in the season and Desmond Ritter and what was going on with Desmond Ritter. We've talked about kind of the struggles and how he was holding Atlanta back. Can't say that this week. He had a good game this week. Credit 
where credit is due. He threw for uh, 329 yards and a touchdown with another rushing touchdown, 28 of 37. Let a comeback win over the Texans, 21 to 19. I'm I'm assuming Tucker that we're still not sold on Desmond Ritter, but we have to give credit where it's due. This was a good performance from him. It was, and it's funny because Bijan Robinson didn't really do much in the running game, right? Like he was 14 That's for 46. Fewer carries than Tyler Algier. It's just, and I saw that at first when I looked at the box score. Well, that's, you know, Arthur Smith being Arthur Smith, but at least they got the ball to Kyle Pitts for the first time in 17 years or however long it's been. Like he had seven catches, 87 yards. Drake London had six catches, 67 yards. Robinson only had two catches, but one of them went for a, a touchdown. But it's amazing how good Desmond Ritter looks when he's targeting the two best skill position players in his passing office, with the exception to, the Robinson maybe, but like his two best receivers are London and Pitts. And really for the first time, I mean, he targeted those guys a combined 20 times. I think that's part of the reason why it looks so good was he was targeting the most talented players on the offense, which I don't know. I don't, maybe I'm an expert. Maybe I'm not. I don't think I'm a genius, but I don't think it takes a genius to figure out. You should target the guys that you drafted in the first round and gave big money to in your offense. I think part of the problem is defenses know that that's those are who they have to target. Although we, you know, we're seeing Bijan. I mean, the catch he made on the touchdown was exceptional. If you didn't watch that play, go and find that play. Bijan Robinson is wild. Uh, he's he's amazing. But they've gotten Jonu Smith involved. Jonu Smith was again involved today, and so maybe they're finding weapons where teams can't key on those guys. Because here's the thing with Ritter, and it worked today. But if you put him off of that first read, that's when things start to go haywire. And so if they're able to scheme it up and Arthur Smith's able to scheme it up and get it to where, you know, get the guy open that they want to get open, whether that be London, Pitts, or whomever, then it's going to, it'll work for Ritter. Ritter can do that. But this game, it worked. We'll kind of see what it is moving forward. And I think that this could be like a week to week kind of thing. The other thing about it was this was at home. And I started to look at his home and road splits. I don't have the numbers off the top of my head. But I believe he's like five and zero at home and zero and four on the road. I think that that is the split, and so maybe maybe there's a little bit of home cooking going on going on here as well. All right, we're running out of time quickly. Want to talk anybody else on the waiver wire that we that we didn't hit here, Curtis? No, I'm just ready to talk about what we're looking forward to. Yeah, all right, let's. Well, I'm going to give you the floor. We uh, record some- this if you listen to this podcast. We record this before Sunday night football. Sunday night football is about to start. Curtis wants to leave badly to he go does. watch his Cowboys <laughs> play the 49ers. How are you feeling about the game? So everybody and, can listen to this tomorrow and see see how right you were. And I got some pumpkin pie waiting for me upside, upstairs, oh, too. Actually, so it's, it's like double whammy. Yeah. Up there. Like, this night's not yeah, going to get perfect. any better. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to this. Uh, good test for both teams. I think both teams have some weaknesses that each other will exploit. And I think there might be some points in this game if the offenses play quick. So I'm, I'm just looking forward to two good, two good football teams able to move the ball because we've seen some bad teams today. That, that That's actually what I'm looking for this week is that there are not enough good teams for me to actually care about any of these games. Uh-huh. <laughs> I look at the schedule and I'm like, Boy, a lot yeah. of these games are bad. It's good teams playing teams that I don't think are very good. And so, you know, I know that's not an exciting, hey, stay tuned kind of thing, but just aren't yeah. that many good teams. We're talking about at the top, it's it's really starting to dwindle the teams that we can trust. How about you, Tucker? What are you looking forward to? Yeah, it's funny. I'm looking at the schedule for next week right now. I think the only game between two teams with a winning record currently is Lions Buccaneers. If you're a believer in, in Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers, like like exactly. that's oh, and Colts Jags, Colts Jags as well. So Gardner Minshew, 
at uh, at the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence after their two week jaunt in London. But you guys are right. It's it's kind of weird. Like the NFL usually is very good about putting the best games in prime time and, and making sure there's something to watch every week. But yeah, I just think there are a lot of teams that have been disappointing so far this season. And you know, Thursday night you get Broncos at Chiefs. I don't think that's going to be necessarily exciting. And the the two primetime games you get next week are, are going to be Giants at Bills and and Cowboys at Chargers. And maybe Cowboys at Chargers next Monday are going to be great. But that's one. Yeah. At least Brandon Staley is good for like one memeable moment every game. But yeah, I mean, so far through five weeks and looking into six weeks, there haven't been a lot of instant classic games. That I think we'll be talking about beyond you know the next couple of weeks. No, it's it's rough. When I when I looked over the schedule, just kind of looking over it. You know, as a before we recorded this, I was like, this is not Cowboys Chargers. I am very interested in Cowboys Chargers. But again, we gotta get through Sunday night. We gotta get through Sunday night to see kind of where we are next week. Speaking of next week, we'll be back next week, same time, 7:30 Eastern time on the YouTube. So if you're listening to this podcast, make sure you go and subscribe on YouTube. You can come and join uh the conversation over there. Um, we really appreciate it. Also remember you go to start football analysis, you can find tons of content both looking back at week five. And then looking ahead to week six, the waiver wire from Curtis, which is worksheet previews, all the injury information from Tucker. There's going to be a ton of stuff over at sharpfootballanalysis.com. Make sure you check that out. And we will be back to talk to you next week. All right.